Welcome to Cypress Street. So glad everybody came today. It's nice and cool in here, not like 200 Fairview. <clears throat> Our air conditioner went out this week. Yeah, so, but we have one in the, in the bedroom. That's nice. Um, again, I'd like to thank everybody for coming today. Um, there's several of us missing. If you just look around and see somebody that's not, not here today, give them a little call or a text and just tell them we missed them. You know, that's all. Just say, you know, we missed you. Um, our text today is one of my favorites that I chose to read. It's from Proverbs 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield, your rampart. <clears throat> and on down it says, um, in the, uh, Oh, I can't, I can't find it right now. But that whole Psalms 91, uh, like all of you knew, I grew up in North Alabama where it was cold. And we weren't rich by any means, and we, we weren't poor as some. We had a house, but I don't think any of them had insulation back then. We had gas heat, and at night, my mom would say, uh, We'd be standing by the heater. She'd, she'd get us dressed in her gowns, and she'd get us dressed, and she'd say, now stand here a minute, and she'd warm the blanket, and then she'd say, run. And <laughs> we would run. She'd wrap that bl warm blanket around us. It's probably a quilt. And she'd say, um, I mean, and then she'd tuck us in. And that reminds me of what our Heavenly Father wants to do for us. He wants to wrap us in his arms, and he wants to take care of us if we'll just... Abide in him and trust him. Um, if we have any visitors here today, I don't see any. That's a shame. They're missing out. Um, and all of us here are familiar with the giving of the church, how, how to give. Just go to the Cypress Street. I just go to my bank, the app on my bank, and tell them to send the check. Uh, the, you drop the check back in the back on uh, the box on the back. Today is singing at the guest house. Um, all of you that like to sing and can sing, they would love to have you. And even if you can't, those little people just love to see you. Uh, Tuesday, there's a business team and leadership meeting. 5.30 here at the church, I'm sure. Wednesday, June the 7th, there'll be Bible study with Pastor Dan. And next Sunday, there'll be a special love offering for Ron and Jean Cootie missionaries in Turkey, and there'll be a special envelope for that, I'm told. Um, I was thinking about a song this morning also that said, um, let's forget about ourselves and come into this house and worship him. Let's do that now and with our praise and worship. 
Won't you stand with us this morning as we begin with singing, I will call upon the Lord. Let's go. 
Children, you may go to your classes now. And it's listed on our bulletin if you need it. Brother Masters does not need any introduction now. You're old hat here. So you can come on up and, uh, and start us with a prayer. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Perfectly. <laughs> I knew I'd mess it up. So. <laughs> That's a, this is a good old song. Beautiful message. His eye is on the sparrow. And if he's on the sparrow, he's certainly watching over us. Goodness, I lose my doubt. 
God like that? He watches over you and he watches over me. And whether we think it's sunny or cloudy, his eye is still on you. It's on me. Oh, that's, and it frees the soul to know that God's in charge. Amen. I may start preaching here, but let's pray. Okay. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this wonderful day that you've given us, the Lord's Day. Thank you, Lord, for the freedom that you give us in you. We thank you for the forgiveness of sin. We thank you that grace abounds. We thank you, Lord, for that hope that you have placed within our souls. We thank you for the creation that you have given us to enjoy. We thank you for the beauty of the earth, the vastness of the universe. We thank you that you are our protector and our provider, our salvation, our sanctifier, our healer. And Lord, you know the needs that this, this group here this morning carries within their hearts. Lord, whether it be for a personal need whether it be a spiritual need, a physical need, an emotional need, you are the God that meets all of our needs according to your riches in glory through Christ Jesus. We commit these needs to you this morning. Lord, I pray especially for Sandy this morning. And Lord, how uh, she shared even this week with me, Father, how much she misses coming to church. How much she misses being with the people of God. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus 
that you would visit her even right now in the presence of her own home, Father, that your Holy Spirit would minister your healing touch upon her. And we're in agreement with this. And we thank you for that. The other needs, the other areas of service that you have given each of us and you have placed each of us in the body just as it pleases you. Lord, we pray as we commit ourselves afresh and anew to the task that you have given us to go win others to you. Father, empower us and bless us. Lord, I pray that when we leave these doors this morning, that your peace that passes all understanding would go with us. And that, Father, we would bring peace to others through Christ. Lord, this morning, would you teach us to pray as you taught your disciples? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us of our debts as we forgive those who are debtors to us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Got one more song for you to sing this morning. That's right. Another good one. Why don't you stand on this one? On Leaning on the Everlasting Arms.
and they run from me. I'm so glad to be here this morning. Are you? Uh, this side did really good. I said, is this side good? Glad to be here this morning? Uh, now, is everybody glad to be here? Amen. Amen. I'm glad that you're here. I am glad to be your pastor this morning. And I really am. And uh, Lynn and I just has been talking uh, this week how we feel that God has brought us to this place to serve you and to lead you into further ministry. Well, I have changed my sermon from my notes. So the notes might not mean anything to you, uh, but I'll try to alleviate and go back to them. I had a restless night. And when that have a restless Saturday nights, that means look out on Sunday morning. And uh, I had uh, originally, and I believe the Holy Spirit feeds us and feeds me as to what to share from Sunday to Sunday and time to time. And I was going to originally talk about making good choices, making good choices because we've all been there having to make some choices in life. And some of them, our decisions haven't always been so good. And some of them have been really good. But anyhow, I've changed my sermon, this title this morning, to this. The banging of the pots and pans. <laughs> the banging of the pots and pans. And if you have your Bibles with me, Look with me to Luke chapter 10, and I'm going to read more than what I gave uh, uh, Priscilla to type up. So it's a little bit more. Uh, I'm going to be reading verses 38 to 42, if you follow along with me in the New American Standard. Uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 38. One of my favorite stories, and I think it may be perhaps one of your favorite stories this morning. It is as Jesus was traveling along, <clears throat> he entered a certain village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary, who moreover was listening to the Lord's words, seated at his feet. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and you're bothered about so many things. But only a few things are necessary. This is a, that's a very important line there. Only a few things are necessary. Really only one, Jesus says, for Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. What is a choice? The dictionary says a choice is an act of making a decision when faced with two or more possibilities. 
As I said, no matter who we are, all of us have made choices in our lives that have had consequences. Some good, some not so good. And if we're honest and given the opportunity, we would have made different choices at the time, somewhere in our life. Most often it's the consequences that lead us to think this way. But one thing is certain, we can learn from our choices by the consequences that we experience. John Maxwell says, life is a matter of choices. And every choice you make makes you. And then there was that theologian, J.K. Rowling. I'm making light of that. She says, it's our choices that show what we truly are far more than our abilities. I like that. Have you ever thought about the two different personalities between Martha and Mary? Martha, Martha was a doer. She wanted everything just right. Everything by the book. She's the one that welcomes Jesus into her home. Where's Mary? Ah, she's in the other room. What's she doing? Who knows what? But it specifies that Martha is the one that, it, that invites Jesus into the home. And it says that Jesus didn't come for the meal. But it says Jesus came into their home and was speaking to Mary. Mary was the one that seemed to pay more attention to that important than the urgent. Charles Swindoll says that we let the urgent in our life take place of the importance in our life. And that's true. We are ruled by the urgent. We are people that react to situations where God wants us, our life, to be a matter of a life choice. Let the urgent, we let the urgent take the place of the important. What are the urgent places of your life that seem to snuff out the important things that need to be accomplished within you? On Wednesday nights, I've been doing a, a study on uh, a, our journey through the wilderness to discover our inheritance as people of faith. And it's been a long, some of the ones that have been coming will tell you, it's been a long journey and I'm, only, I'm not even halfway through yet. So I just want you to know that. But as I've been restudying some of this, the things about the wilderness, I discovered that there are three types of people that were in the wilderness. The first person was the hermit. Do you know hermits live in wildernesses? Uh, they are not trying to get anything done. They're just trying to exist. And they want to stay by themselves. Don't bother me and I won't bother you. 
Folks, we got people like that in the church on their wilderness journey that want to be all by themselves. But God's called us to fellowship, hasn't he? Hey, there's a second group of people that are traveling in the wilderness and they are nomads. You know what a nomad is? And don't tell me it's a name of a car <laughs> or a trailer. But a nomad is someone who just wanders all over, has no direction. Sometimes it feels like that in the ministry. I wander all over trying to find a home. Did I find one here in West Monroe? I hope so. <laughs> nomads. Nomads are people in their Christian walk with God. They're not quite sure where they're at in their walk with the Lord. And they just keep on wandering from here to there to every which way trying to find a place to fit in. But I'm so glad there is the third type of person in the wilderness. It's going through the wilderness on their way to their promised land, their inheritance. And that is the pilgrim. Pilgrims are people that are just passing through. I am a pilgrim just passing through this life. You are a pilgrim just passing through. And along the way, there's going to be some things that we don't like. But you know what? We don't let those urgent things distract us from the important of keeping on, keeping on. Now, why do I tell you this in the idea of, 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 of talking about choices? We have a choice of we will be a Martha. And I don't want to give Martha a bad name. Because she was a friend of Jesus too. But can we be a Martha or are we a Mary this morning that sits at the feet of Jesus? She found that to not only, that it wasn't an urgent thing, but it was an important thing. And Jesus says, Mary has done the, the important thing. She has chosen the good part. And because she has chosen the important part, it shall not be taken away from her. The difference in Mary and Martha, never another thought, is if you read the story of Lazarus, Mary and Martha's brother that died and Jesus called out of the grave, you remember as you go back and read that scripture that Martha was the one as they approached the grave and Jesus said uh, to, to, uh, to he, that he was going to raise Lazarus. Martha's the one, oh! Lord, he stinks by now. We don't want him. That's what Martha's personality was. She wanted to stick to protocol. This is the way it's done. When they're dead, they're dead. Leave them alone. But you know, in Christ, all things are possible, aren't they? And Christ wants to do the impossible in each one of our lives. Choices are important. Jesus said in John chapter 4, my food, and what is food? Food is, involves the necessities of life. Jesus says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. That is the important thing about your life and my life this morning, is to do the will of him who has created you and placed you in this, this house this morning. 
We are to pray to the Lord of the harvest that the fields that are white would have harvesters. Now, Pastor, Pastor, why are you saying all this and deviating? It's because this was burning in my heart all night. I went to bed about 1.30. My wife wouldn't let me go to bed any earlier. I went to bed about 1.30 this morning, got up at 7.30, and I still beat y'all here. And, 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 and you know, um, this message is, is pressing on me because church here in, at Cypress Street, we have some important choices to make. Not necessarily urgent, but important messages, important choices. And these choices can lead us on in our, 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 our fellowship, or we can continue to fall by the wayside. But it's more or less our choices that will make a difference. And I bring you a challenge this morning. Now, I'm not down on anybody, and I'm not kicking anybody to the side of the road. Please don't get that. But I didn't come here to retire. I just want you to know that. I know some people say, all right, 70 years old without a pastor came here. It's, it's, a, it's a church he can just lay back and ride. No, I didn't come here to retire. But I came here to serve and to see souls one to the kingdom of God. But I need your help. I, I need you to bring forth the important back into our midst and into our conversation as a conversation. I read a, a, a book this week and it was talking about, many of you know some of the experiences of some of the major denominations that are going through some really hard times recently. And in this book, this was written about in the 1930s. And in the 1930s, this writer started talking about one of the major denominations today that is really, really going through a hard time. And he pointed out then that this was exactly what was going to happen about this time. He said one of the main things that they forgot is they forgot how to evangelize and how to disciple. Evangelize and disciple. They lost their focus and they went to the social needs and those are important needs. They went to justice and justice is important. But winning the loss for Jesus Christ is the most important thing in our life. Don't let us get lost in the urgent of the day. Our urgency says sometimes we've got to fill up this house on Sunday mornings. And boy, would I love that, and you would too. But you know what? What's more important, what's really important is that we, each and every one of us, draw closer to learn to sit at the feet of Jesus and to listen and then to be obedient as he sends us out as labors into the harvest. I've given in your, your uh, notes this morning five examples of choices that have been made that have affected history. History is changed 
by the, by the choices that we make. And let me tell you, history will be made in Cypress Street Church by the spiritual choices that we make even today. I didn't hear any amens or oh me's, but that's a fact. You see, we're either going to take upon us the mantle of importance or we're going to run to the urgent and try to put out fires here and there. And you know what? That doesn't work in the kingdom of God. Jesus is Lord of all. And he's Lord of our lives when we give it to them. Hey, what's the first example of, of a choice that we find in the scripture? Hey, we don't have to go very far for a major choice in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, six and 7. It's the choice that Adam and Eve made. Of note is that Eve sinned because she was deceived by the devil. And Adam chose to sin despite knowing better. I think sometimes that we teach a doctrine of holiness, which I believe in. I believe God's people are called to holy living. But I want you to know that sometimes we do make bad choices. Eve made a bad choice. Adam made a bad choice. And you know what? We paid for it ever since. In the garden is where that first choice was made. This demonstrates also that we too can sin. Don't get that out of your system. That sometimes we can choose to sin because it seems really nice. It's a nice apple that we can bite into. And we can be deceived by the Satan. By Satan who goes about roaring like a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. The choice of Adam and Eve. Lord help us. The next choice that I find in, in Old Testament especially is, is in Joshua chapter 24 verse 15. Where Joshua gave a, 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 a challenge to the people of Israel. When he said... And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose, whose land you dwell. But Joshua says, but as for me and my house, what are we going to do? What is your choice today? We'll serve the Lord. The third choice I see in here is the decision that Lot made. You remember the story of Lot and Abram? They were, had their cattles mixed up as a, as a family and they had their own, I guess you could say, ranches. And, uh, and their, and their, their, their land, uh, ranches got too big for each other. And so they come up and they decided that they needed to decide which one was going to go this way and which one was going to go that way. And they went up on a mountain and Abram looked over the, the, the land. He said, Lot, you, you pick where you want to go. Over here on this side was a, 
Boy, it looked so good. The, the pasture looked so good and the land was fertile. But on the other hand, there was uh, mountains on the other side. And it looked tough. And Abraham said, Lot, you decide which way you want to go. And I'll take the other. And so Lot, in Genesis chapter 13, Lot chose for himself all the valley of the Jordan, the fertile land. Abram settled in the land of Canaan. Now the men of Sodom were extremely wicked and sinners against the Lord. Lot chose what was appealing in sight and it ended up being inhabited by the people of Sodom. We know about Sodom and Gomorrah, don't we? Lot made that choice. I want to take you to Matthew chapter 27. In the New Testament, it is a decision that should uh, um, speak to all of our hearts. It's about a man by the name of Judas Iscariot. Anybody ever heard of him? Now, Judas Iscariot was close to Jesus. They lived side by side. They ate together. They saw the miracles of Jesus together. Uh, they uh, were followers of Christ, perhaps even inviting others to join the followers of Christ. But we see in Scripture where Satan entered into Judas. Matthew 27, verse 3 through 5 says, Judas, which had betrayed him when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? And he cast down, Judas cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and because of his decision, he went and hung himself. That's not an exciting scripture, is it? But it was, a, it was a decision by someone that had been in the presence of God. Beware, folks, that Satan does not snatch your victory. That Satan does not snatch your hope. That Satan does not take away your faith. Beware. Because we could fall under the same place that Judas Iscariot had picked. And then the last, the last choice that I would speak to you about is uh, the story of David in 2 Samuel chapter 11. You remember that King David got his eyes on God's creation rather than the creator? You know what I'm talking about, don't you? He saw Bathsheba and she sure didn't look good. Now he, uh, he should have known better. He had all these other wives. But he looked at God's creation. Said, boy, that really looks good. I want that. And so he made a decision. And the thing David did, scripture tells us, was evil in the sight of the Lord. It was a decision that he made. And sometimes we think maybe we can get by with 
Not doing necessarily what God wants us to be and pleasing to him. Sometimes we can get by with a little white lie. Or sometimes we can get by with a little gossip. Or sometimes we can get by with this sin or that sin or unforgiveness or whatever you want to say sin is. But sometimes we think we can get by with it. But David didn't. David was king. Find out that God is no respecter of person. And in Psalms 51, we see that David repented and he cried out to God, Oh God, create within me a new heart. Renew a right spirit within me. In the final years of Paul's life, he wrote Timothy to challenge him to continue to do the work that God has called him to do. And I, folks, I think this is what I want to say to you this morning. I'm not done. I still got 15 more minutes. <laughs> but in Paul's letter to Timothy, he warns that people will turn away from God. Well, boy, howdy, did we not know that? Which Paul said is a, more, a greater reason to proclaim the word of God with increasing intensity and commitment. And church, you've heard preacher after preacher for years from this pulpit talk about the commitment of the Christian to Christ. I like some of the technology this day, these days. I don't understand it, but I use some of it when somebody tells me how to do it. But I use a little thing called FaceTime to visit with my grandchildren. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And so usually, once or sometimes twice a week, my daughter Abby, who is our nanny, will call me, even wherever I'm at, driving. The other day they called while I was driving back from Alabama and for 30 minutes we had to show them all the trucks. But, but anyhow, he, he, he calls me every once in a while and Cole and, 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 and uh, Cora will get on there and we, we'll talk for a few minutes. And for long, Cole will say, Pop, Pop, read me a story. <laughs> well, there were two books on my desk that I always kept up in my office in Illinois. One of them was the monkey book. It squeaked, squeak, 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 when you... And another one was the three little pigs. And sometimes I would, uh, he'd, I'd say, okay. I said, what do you want to hear? He said, I want to hear the monkey book. Okay. So I would read the monkey book to him page after, and every time that the monkey would squeak, I had, squeak, squeak. If I forgot to squeak, Cole said, monkey's got to squeak. Squeak, squeak, squeak. Well, this little book's about 10 pages long, and so, you know, I could cover it within five minutes or so, and I showed him all the pictures on, the fa on face, FaceTime and everything, and, and uh, I get done, I said, well, Cole, that's it. He said, read it again. <laughs> and so I would reluctantly read it again, and after I get done the second time, he said, I want to hear three little pigs. Now, keep in mind, that I've read him these books every week for I don't know how long. Ever since he's been born, he's over three. I've read him over and over and over, and it's the same old story. It has the same ending. It has the same squeak. 
And the three little pigs all survive in the end because they run into the brick house. And the big bad wolf comes down the chimney and they have bad wolf for lunch. I don't know something. He knows the story, but he wants it read again. Sometimes I think in the church, Christians, we hear the same stories over and over and over, even with the beep, 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 beep. And we know how the ending's gonna happen. We know about the end of the book in Revelation. We know we're gonna win. We've already won, to be honest with you. We know that. But we don't live like it in our commitments towards Christ in the church. It's just the same old story we wanna hear again. Sunday after Sunday, we proclaim in our Sunday school classes, and I hope you'll take advantage of our circles. This is really important time to study, study the Word of God and to have it become a part of your life. You may have heard the stories once or twice or 10 times or 100 times, but it, 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 it's, it's the same old story. And I love to tell the story, don't you? But we got to know the story. I challenge you to do that. I didn't. I wasn't going to charge you an extra quarter for that. But Paul says it's important that we warn the people. It's no secret that we live in a different world today than what it was a few decades ago. And our churches are showing it. They're revealing the nature of our commitment through the years. My concern, folks, as we face this important time in the life of our church, that we gather together a real true vision of what we want to see accomplished in this church. Without a vision, the scripture says, what? The people perish. And folks, this is a great congregation. It's a congregation that loves I love you, you love me. I'm just, you know, is that Barney? Where did I get that? It's a great congregation, but you know what, folks? If we don't hunker down a little bit, we're going to lose our church because you know what? All of us are going to pass away one of these days, and what are we going to have left? Except our fruit. And what will that fruit be? What about the choices that we make? And this is what I laid awake all night last night about. I am torn because we need somehow to minister to our youth and children. Somebody say amen. Look around. We need, we, 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 there's holes here. And the truth of the matter is the holes has been coming for a couple years now, Right? And we've got to choose, it's important that we choose to invest in ministering to those important areas of our church. Now, I'm not here begging for money this morning, but I'm saying that we've got to find ways to invest in our children if we want them in our body of believers. We've got to minister to our youth somehow. This old geyser is probably not going to do much good but we're looking for, you know, what's his name? Bryce. I'm bad with names. Bryce is wanting to come back and minister our children. And I think the youth and the leadership want 
that the folks, it's, there's a cost that's going to cost us. Is it important enough for us to invest in those areas? Or are we just banging pots and pans? That yes, we see the needs, but the important thing, we need to have the listening ear to hear what Christ is speaking to us. I was not going to share this, but I think you need to make an, 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 a prayer about that. Some of the things that are transpiring in a couple of major denominations, they're splitting over different things that's coming to pass in the church of God. And uh, this Friday, our general director uh, Jim Lyon is having to address some issues and that's why it's important that I go to Tampa and vote in the GA about some issues that are coming up that will, will divide the church of God if we're not careful. If you want to hear it, it's on Facebook at 12 noon this Friday. Just go to Jesus is a subject and it's there. You'll hear it. But there are some things that are taking place just like in some of these other denominations. If we don't study to show ourselves approved unto God, know what the Bible states and stand on what we say we believe in. And we pass that down to the next generation, not by our words, but by our actions and by our spiritual energies. And most of all, by prayer. If there's anything this church needs, you are our prayers. I know your prayers. But let's get on our knees and let's pray and let's, let's break down the, 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 the walls of heaven and pray for the labors in this field that is white with harvests. That wasn't too encouraging, was it? I want you to know the importance of this hour in which we live. The importance of this day. People, I'm not waiting for, to do any funerals in this, this bunch. You better all not die on me. I'm going to be pretty upset. But I do know that death will take its, its way in our congregation. And if we don't do anything, we're going to die. And we got to face that fact. And we take upon us the investment of doing the important things. And again, not banging the pots and pans. Hey, I've heard a lot of pots and pans here. I've heard a lot of pots and pans in my ministry. But what are we going to do about it after the, 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 the pans have been broke and used and are good for nothing to be thrown out? I want to make the choice to embrace the important things of life. All right, I got five minutes. I got five things very close, very close, and you, you can jot it down. I think I got the notes on there. First thing, getting a grip on our choices that we make. Church, make sure. They're biblical choices. We do not want 
the culture taking over our church. We want to take over the world, don't we? We're called to change the world in which we live. Proverbs 2.6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. And I think the word of God through knowledge and understanding teaches us that the vision of the church must be that of evangelism. Winning the loss to Jesus Christ. Now truly, and I'm not asking you to raise your hand, how many of us know people that are lost and don't know Jesus? That's the important thing that God's given us. Discipling. I believe that a lot of times people have left our congregation because we've not discipled them in what we truly believe and what we, what we want to live out. I've got some kids that are the same way. I've fallen down on the, uh, uh, the ball as, as drop with me. But if we're going to make choices, let's make them biblical principles. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Number two, check our motives. What is our motive for growth? What is our motive for bringing others to Cypress Street? Proverbs 16, 2, all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the motives. What is our motives for carrying on our body here? Our congregation. Number three, we base our choices too much on outcomes. Hey, if we do this, this will happen. If we do this, that will happen. Proverbs 14, 15, the naive believe everything, but the prudent man considers his steps. Outcomes. Do we want the outcome that Jesus wants? Or we want the outcome that we want. I've, I've tried to, to change a couple things in our worship a little bit. Don, I've put a little bit, you know, I put a song before you're supposed to speak. and yeah. <laughs> i just kidding, Don. I love Don. But I've tried to change some things because you know what? We get in a rut. Any of you ever been to Alaska and you ever traveled the Alaskan Highway? It says this, when you first get on the Alaskan Highway, it's not all a asphalt road. But in this road are what we call ruts. Anybody got ruts in your driveway? You know, and when you get in those ruts, what happens? It has a hard time getting out. There's a sign as you get on the Alaskan Highway to drive up. Now, I've never been there, but I've read this in a book, so I know it's true. I'm saying it on TV, so it's got to be true. But, but the sign says, pick your rut carefully. You'll be traveling in it for the next 500 miles. And what am I saying here? We need to choose our rut carefully. And today's the day to choose. Because we're going to be traveling in that through the course of history. And history will tell us what we have chosen today. Two more things and I quit. We make choices 
because of the witness of our faith. Proverbs 22.1, a good name is to be more desired than great riches. Favor is better than silver or gold. Make a choice today to truly be that representative of Jesus Christ. To live in him and he live in us. Let him live in our life. In him. Paul says that we're already dead. But that we have come alive in Christ Jesus who was crucified and rose again from the tomb. Our choice is based on what kind of witness do we want to have. We want others to see our faith. And then lastly, we make choices on the best options that are available. Proverbs 11.30 The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he who is wise wins souls. Again, I say sometimes we get away from our, what we've really been called to is to win others to Christ. And I, I want to say this morning, I, I know most of you have been in the church all your life this morning. But if you don't know Jesus, today is the day of your salvation. It's come to you. Make that choice. It's the most important choice you can make in your life. Inviting Jesus into your life and living for him. It's the best option. Considering that we're all going to pass from this earth one of these days, if the Lord tarries, our best option is to invite Christ into our life and have that hope of eternity planted firm in our life. Well, I'm closing with this. I really am. You've all heard this one before by Robert Frost. My favorite, one of my favorite poems. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And sorry I could not travel both. And be one traveler long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other as just as fair and having perhaps the better claim because it was grassy and wanted wear though as, far, as for the passing there had worn them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay in leaves no step had trodden black Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood. That's what we see this morning. And I, I took the one less traveled by and that has made all the difference. Which road will we take, church? Let's put up the pots and pans and let's sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to his word for us today. May God bless you. Let's pray. Would you stand as we pray? Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for uh, the lesson we learned from Mary and Martha. I, I, I thank you, Lord, for... 
uh, just being able to understand it, the difference in personalities and the difference of the way we respond. Sometimes we do respond to try to take care of the urgent and we let the, those things that are so important in our life fade away. And Lord, help us to understand that you are calling us. You are calling us to listen to you and to make choices that are pleasing to you. You said Mary chose the better part. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, can we hear you today? Speak, Lord, that we may hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen to the words of this song as you sing this morning.